0: of WNXS News. I'm Cenk E.
1: And I'm Kit
0: Harding. Thank you for joining us. Our top story today. We recently passed the one-year anniversary of the COVID-19 pandemic truly setting in. Both within and without the magic community, this has been a major challenge for the world.
1: That's putting it mildly. Here in the magic community, we've seen... Well, we've seen a lot.
0: Some good.
1: And some less good.
0: Fair. But let's focus on the good for a bit.
1: Easy enough with people like Loading Ready Run, whose annual charity Desert Bust for Hope cracked a million dollars for Child's Play. Infinitokens.
0: Hashtag not sponsored.
1: Who provided a service players didn't know they needed. And the professor at Tularian Community College, the fundraiser he headed for Trans Lifeline topped at it $224,048, an astonishing number in and of itself.
0: Even with all of this positive community action, mental health at large was, to put it lightly, strained. Mental health professional and friend of WNXS News, Hobbs Q, was kind enough to have a discussion with us about it. I'm here with Hobbs Q of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Hobbs, thank you for joining me.
2: Oh, thanks! Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. This is this is an exciting new format of a podcast that you guys have going on.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Um, we're obviously happy to have you. So, for those who may not know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
2: Yeah. So um, I'm Hobbs Q, uh, and like I said, I what I do in my day job is I am a psychologist. So. Uh, uh, I do a lot within the magic community, but my, my real world job outside of here is I, I'm a psychologist at a VA hospital. And I always give the disclaimer up front that, uh, because of the wonderful thing known as the hatch act that I am not operating under any official capacity as a VA employee while we are doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's sad, but I do have to say stuff like that. Uh, it's just cause you know, it, it, it is kind of a, an interesting thing being a government, uh, employee and working in mental health so yeah so that's that's what i do i um been working at this va for three years but i've been in the va system pretty much most of my career so it's it's actually an interesting other area that i have a lot of experience with outside of the magic community
0: uh you have been the one of the hosts of the goblin lore pod for i think you guys are you all are in your what third year now is that right
2: yeah, we're in our third year, June. June will be our third year. So we're actually coming up on Great that pretty early quick. anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um,
0: other than the podcast, how how are you involved with the Magic community? I know you've been playing for a long time. Uh, tell us how you got started and how you ended up in podcasting.
2: Yeah, so uh, I actually learned in 2002. Uh, so I... Was I had friends at college that I used to play with, and um, it, well, th- that taught me to play. And I so I learned in 2002 at, at the point of when I was already like 23 years old. Um, <laughs> so I always kind of joke about it that uh, I, I came to magic early, I think these days it seems early. Um, I was already fairly old when I came into the game, um, <laughs> but uh, so I started playing there and i actually have been on twitter and gosh writing about magic or doing other things with magic since at least 2010. um i came to podcasting because the 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 uh, the host of the goblin lore who has has since left um joe Redman, approached me with this idea um approached me and alex kind of separately neither alex nor i were kind of able to commit or so we thought said well maybe i can do it every now and then and Joe kind of pressed us forward and within the first couple of episodes, we just, the three of us were, we just had really good chemistry. And from there, yeah, we're going on three years of recording.
0: Y'all's podcast has focused on the gathering aspect of magic, especially in regards to story or the impact of the, of the community on itself um, as far as behavior, words, things like that. What do you think some of the lasting impact of the last year with COVID, with lockdowns, with some of the scandals that have just come out between players and wizards will be on the on the community?
2: Yeah, this has been something that's been kind of an interesting thing to watch. You know, I think that seeing... You know we're now a year into no real in-person events and to see we've talked about this on the show ways that people have been able to still engage with the community um i think it's made some issues more glaring um i know that we've seen kind of a lot more with everybody being kind of pushed to online and, and having even more interactions there just even i would say more splintering within the community um i, I think that we're seeing a lot more of the concerns and the issues recycle quicker and I think that part of that might just be because there's little else to focus on right now. Um, We're seeing kind of this difficult things with understanding you know what does product look like when it's getting pushed out at normal paces even when there are no person events so you know I know that for me it's always it's weird to kind of think of we're in like pre-release for another set already and I've never touched like half these cards. I think that we're seeing pushback against wizards that I do think that they're making changes. I think we're starting to see some of what that is, but I think that people are being able to be more aware of it and to talk about it a lot more. Um, Like I said, there's less, I just, I feel like people are spending a lot more time online. And I think that that both magnifies the good elements and, and the, the, positive things that people are doing in the community and really gives people a chance to engage and connect in new different ways, it also is going to magnify the, unfortunately, the the negative side effects or the kind of, I would say more, uh, you know, I'm thinking the elements of our community that maybe are not as beneficial. Um, You know, even if it's just looking at, uh, I, I saw recently another Reddit thread popped up the other day of like pack one, pick one of magic women, which is exactly what we went through in 2017. And I think that seeing that a year of being this online, I think is going to magnify stuff like that.
0: We spoke earlier about the fact that one of the big focuses aside from the diversity and community engagement for y'all's pod is mental health, positive mental health portrayal and elimination of mental health stigma. Um, In fact, if memory serves, y'all did all of May of last year as part of Mental Health Awareness Month, you did episodes on mental health and stigma. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So they were all um, on uh, mental health in general uh, with, with really wanting to emphasize stigma and kind of what are the steps that we can start taking towards challenging that. Right. Um, because stigma is to kind of the biggest, you know, if I have to take break, break down all the things that I think are difficult about mental health, I think that stigma ends up playing one of the biggest roles in people asking for help or not asking for help.
0: Right. And in regards to tougher mental health, it's not really a secret that over the last year, uh, not just the magic community, of course, but we being that we interact with it, we see in the magic community. Mental health has taken, uh, to put it lightly, a few hits over the last year or so. Um, I'm not going to I don't want to say how are what are some tips and tricks, because that's not right. But using your experience, what would you suggest as some ways to help people you know, push through because we can sort of see a finish line in the future, possibly with the vaccine rolled out um, with states opening, whether they should or not. Um, What do, what would you suggest to help people?
2: Well, I mean, I think in general, this is a hard question to even ask because it's, it's, it's very personalized. And I think that that is where, um, so one of the episodes that we did and it was right at the beginning of this I mean, May was not that far into it. Uh, we did one on mental health recovery, and you know, it kind of makes the the, the 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 discussion was really how everybody is in recovery from something. The idea of mental health recovery is really this idea of taking a approach to mental health that is very much based not just on illness but is based on wellness, and it's based on kind of being able to to, to look at yourself and to to be able to notice, okay, well what are the signs that I'm doing well? What are the signs that I'm not doing well? Um, A lot of mental health and mental health treatment in general is very much based on kind of, I would say, a lot more awareness and bringing awareness to the things that you didn't have awareness to before. Uh, You know, the old adage of you don't know what you don't know, I think applies a lot of times to people's mental health. And, you know, the, the things that might seem to be, you know, after the fact, like, well, that was a no-brainer. They, didn't, they don't make sense if you're not used to paying attention to it, if you're not used to paying attention to your emotional state, if you're not used to paying attention to your thoughts and slowing down and actually thinking about thinking. Um, these aren't easy skills to do. And so one of the things that I, I always encourage anybody to do, and like I said, this is just a focus on wellness, is to look at yourself and say, well, what are my warning signs that I am not doing well? Uh, and then what are the things that I know help me when I am starting to go down that path? Or what are the things that I'm doing consistently when I am doing well? And w- with the pandemic, it becomes, in, in, you know, I'm thinking especially with this, it becomes how do I get creative with that? Um, because, you know, for, for instance, <laughs> if, being, if going and spending time with friends in person is one of your main coping strategies, that becomes a lot more difficult to do and some of the things that we've been kind of seeing the longer and longer a pandemic goes is i think that there becomes almost kind of that learned helplessness approach to it where it just becomes kind of the longer it goes it doesn't mean that it's easier i you know i think that it's almost like a bell-shaped curve at the at the beginning none of us really knew what we were doing there was a very real panic and fear or at least i would say that there was a lot of unknowns and uncertainty And then I think we probably hit a period where maybe we kind of thought we had figured things out. We kind of thought that it wasn't going to be too long. And the longer that that kept going, I think it starts like feeding itself. And I think that that's where we're at right now, at least from what I am seeing. And so it really does become being able to ask yourself, well, what are the just day to days? Um, What are the simple things that I know? are important to me, even if it's something as simple as my wife and I every night do before uh, bed. Actually, now we do it with our daughter, even though she's only two, we're trying to like kind of model in some ways that we do three good things that happen during the day at dinner time, as well as one thing that we're looking forward to tomorrow. And those don't have to be, you know, I always say like, this is something that's about the idea of kind of gratitude or just the concept of um, just being able to shift the attention away because a lot of us really, we want to vent. We want to be able to process. We want to be able to talk through all the negative. And then at the same time, we don't balance that. And so if it is even me just remembering, like I had a really good cup of coffee while I sat in front of my computer before the day started. Um, It's just, what is something that happened that I can point to? That's like one thing that I can think of that like my wife and I have really tried to incorporate over the last year.
0: The full interview is available at mtgnexus.com.
1: I want to address something Hobbs mentioned in that interview. This week saw the posting of a Pack One Pick One featuring a slate of prominent women content creators in Magic with the intention that Reddit users should pick out which ones they would most like to sleep with. The subreddit where this happened is known for being a hotbed of the worst parts of the magic community, with a culture heavy on misogyny, racism, and transphobia. The comments they left on the slate were filled with slurs, insults, and attacks.
0: Oh, tell me you didn't.
1: Look at it? I did, yes. Not one of my better ideas. I have looked into the abyss. I've learned misogynist slang I never wanted to know.
0: Kit, I'm telling you, never read the comments unless we asked for them.
1: People keep telling me that, but this isn't the first time this has happened. We saw a pack one, pick one full of women back in 2017 in a Facebook group moderated by professional player Travis Wu, who was suspended by the DCI for a year in connection with the incident. At the time, there was a rush of outrage in large part because he was such a prominent figure in the magic community. But here we are four years later with the exact same thing happening. The last four years have been filled with efforts to change magic's culture and with accusations that those efforts are surface level and don't touch the real problem.
0: This part of the culture unfortunately seems to have remained with us.
1: It has. When becoming prominent in the community means drawing this sort of attention, women stop feeling welcome here. Who is looking at this and thinking they don't belong in this community? Who is looking at the second appearance and thinking things don't change? This one was labeled hard mode, implying a sense of continuity with the last one. These two incidents are connected.
0: And this time, due to the nature of the free magic subreddit, no one knows who the moderators are.
1: Meaning none of them will face any consequences. Have we really improved Matrix culture? Or have we simply driven the bad things to new places? This subreddit is very active. There are a lot of people buying into the worst parts of the magic community. And if they're willing to behave this way on Reddit, where everyone can see them, imagine what's going on in their Discord.
0: Please tell me that you're not going to...
1: There are some limits on what I'm willing to do in the name of investigative reporting.
0: On that note, this has made us a little bit heated, so we're going to take a minute to cool down and go to a brief message from the network.
3: On the next draining love, Arvad and Tiana must discover where their journey is headed.
1: Darling, exactly why can't we go to Oteria for vacation? The barbarians
3: have been gone from the region for over a century. It's not the
0: Barbarians, it's the weather. Ever since Jessica closed the rift, the weather has just been cold and windy. We should go camping in Yavimaya instead.
1: You know Multani is there and he hates visitors.
3: He almost ripped the weather light to shreds last time. But isn't our bond stronger than that? Where is their love going? Find out next time on WNXS. Welcome
2: back. Time
1: Spiral Remastered is set to release and the community is buzzing. We'll go to Diz to hear more about the upcoming event.
4: Thanks, Kit. Time Spiral Remastered is a huge undertaking, and WOTC and Channel Fireball are pulling out all the stops to give it an equally huge release. The Time Spiral Remastered release party is set to stream all day Friday, May 19th, and the next day looks to be beyond exciting. It'll feature some famous magic personalities like Voxy, Amy the Amazonian, and Ben Ulmer, and will take place via spell table.
0: Diz, how will players be able to participate?
4: It's not hard at all to get involved. Players will only need 6 draft boosters of a set, a webcam, or phone with a camera, and a wizard's login account. The players will build a 40 card sealed deck to play with and can pick a team headed by one of three Magic celebs I mentioned to support.
1: How does the team support work?
4: There will be challenges throughout the event that the players can participate in and build points for their team. This is the closest to a true pre-release or release experience we've had in about a year, so it's sure to be packed out.
0: In addition to the Time Spiral release party, didn't we also get some new information about Modern Horizons 2?
4: Correct. The trickle of information for the highly anticipated Modern Horizons 2 has begun, including scheduling, product types, and even the first ever pre-release event for a non-standard set. That pre-release will be held for an entire week, June 4th to 10th, and still a normal weekend. This will also join Strixhaven as a set that will have pre-ordered box types vary by region, with North America once again having set booster boxes available pre-release week. In addition to all this, the set will feature the long-awaited return of enemy-colored fetch lands at Rare in the draft boosters. Even with some cards having to be banned in various formats, the first Modern Horizon set was a huge hit, so we'll be sure to keep you up to date. Jenk,
0: Thanks, Diz. The fourth bundle in the... The fourth bundle in the Historic Anthology line has been released on Magic Arena, bringing with it some powerful cards. The bundle includes payoffs and support for strategies that Kaldheim brought back, like Snow and Elf Tribal.
1: We even get to see a modern classic make its historic debut, Death's Shadow.
0: I guess history does repeat after all.
1: Much like your jokes?
0: You know, I probably could use some more modern material. Speaking of modern, the Magic Online Champions Showcase, heavily featuring the modern format, was held on March 13th and 14th this weekend.
1: Wow, nice segue.
0: Thanks! We'll be back after another quick break to delve on into it.
3: Are you trying to find a way to finance your new house? Do you need to send your child to college or a parent to the home? These major life expenses can pile up. Shoddy cut-rate lenders like Grinko always ask for more than you can give. Here at the First Planar Bank of Orzov, we can give you very fair terms. For that new house, we could give you an 80-year mortgage with the option to pay early or to work off your debt as a door-greeter ghost like the famed Igras Coast. If you bank with us, you'll never have to worry your soul about your finances. First Planar Bank of Orzov will take care of you forever.
1: And we're back, Iso. Why don't you tell us about the Magic Online Showcase Weekend?
5: I'd love to, Kit. This weekend featured two separate events, Season 2 of the Magic Online Championships Showcase on Saturday and Season 3 on Sunday. Each event was a double header of a vintage cube draft followed by three rounds of modern Constructed martin Eric Gauthier took home the prize for Season 2, keeping low to the ground and sending his attacks wide with a silesnia Company deck. His deck featured some fun classics like Oriok Champion and Scavenging Ooze, as well as some newer cards like Conclave Mentor and Skyclave Apparition. Collected Company has been a format titan since it first debuted with Dragons of Tarkir, and martin Eric was sure to show us it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Other decks featured for Season 2 were it Blitz, Slinging Spells and Powering Up Creatures, The Return of a Niche Favorite, Celestia Bogles, and even the current Underdog, Jund Death's Shadow. As for Season 3, Jan Moritz Merkel came out on top with Azorius Spirits, a tried and true archetype for the format. His build used some old favorites like Drug Skull Captain, Selfless Spirit, and Aether Vile, but he wasn't afraid to utilize a more recent creature in Shacklegeist. Season three had its share of it Blitz and Celesnia Company decks as well, but also had an Azorius control build because what would a modern weekend be without one? We even got to see an Oops All Spells deck. For those unfamiliar with it, the deck features no lands, aside from the modal dual face ones printed in Zendikar Rising, which have a front side of spell, and also use artifacts to ramp. This was the last major competitive weekend until the Kaldheim set championship held March twenty sixth to twenty eighth. Jank?
0: Thanks Isa. In January, a partnership between Watsi and Boom Studios was announced for a new line of Magic comics. We were recently given a better look at what we can expect, including some new panels from the very first issue. The series, simply titled Magic, will begin on Ravnica and feature Ralzerek, Kaia, and Vraska. We've gotten a good look at the artwork for the first couple of pages, and in a startling twist, Niv Mizzet seems to now be an artifact dragon. Who knew? Honestly, after the confusion that was the last Ravnican story, probably not even Niv.
1: That's not a bad guess. Podcast The Command Zone has long been one of the pillars of the Commander content creation community. After seven years in the industry, it's safe to say their views and opinions carry a lot of weight. In one of their recent episodes, they posted an updated deck template video.
0: This video sparked a debate amongst the EDH community. In regards to how important building a so-called good deck is over building a so-called fun deck
1: which led to further discussion over concerns about format homogeneity and lack of diversity in deck building this has been a long-standing conversation for the format especially in regards to the number of staples that a lot of deck builders swear by
0: edh will always have the benefit of the entire card pool of magic's history to draw from so some players will go out of their way to build with less than best or just playing silly cards. Let us know which type of player you are in the comments at mtgnexus.com.
1: One final piece of good news. Princess Lily MTG hosted a Charity Commander stream on March 13th. She featured guests like Hobbs, Pleasant Kenobi, Emma Partlow, and Rachel Weeks over three EDH games and used the stream to raise money for Trans Lifeline.
0: It's still good and heartwarming to see positive influences in this community, and we hope to see even more things like this in the future.
1: Magic really does seem to have adopted Trans Lifeline as their favorite charity. That's all for this edition. See you next time.
0: Same time, new news.